Sorry for the late podcast. Oh, wait, hold on. This is a terrible... This is as terrible as a start as it gets. Hold on, let me... Hold on. Hold on. Two seconds. Alright, sorry about that. Um, sorry about that. There's like a little gnat on my monitor. They're attracted to monitors because they're attracted to light. Uh, stupid insects. Sorry about that. Um, One podcast a day, you're not missing anything weird or whatever it's it's on my it's my fault uh today's was my grandfather's 90th birthday shout out to him he's been married to my grandmother for like 60 years and you know 90th birthday i was gonna go over for like maximum an hour his birthday was at 12 30 and i stayed until 3 30 and then I watched the Cowboys game for about an hour and a half to two hours. And um, by that point, I had to pick up a relative from the uh, from the train station. So that took like another hour and a half to two hours. And then we stopped to get some food. And the line was super, super long at the freaking... On a Sunday night. It's just like... there were We went to two Wendy's. They were both like literally lines were around the restaurants. It was ridiculous. It's just like, bro, like it's Sunday night. Why are there so many people trying to get fast food at like seven o'clock? I don't, I don't get it. Regardless. Um, yeah, that's kind of what happened. I apologize for it. We'll kind of have a big podcast. Maybe not a big, I don't know how long this podcast will be. But we'll have a, a podcast where we'll cover essentially every single game that happened today. I'm knee deep into Sunday night football. Have some thoughts on that already. And by knee deep, I mean like we're already, I'm already like a quarter and a half into it. I'll talk about it in a moment. And um, yeah, saw, so, oh yeah, by the way, saw the Colts versus the Patriots. Not too happy about that, but we'll talk about it here in a couple of minutes. Oh yeah, by the way, PSA, uh, I got a notification by somebody very important uh they sent me this they sent me this they sent me this i got a message from garrett of rivia i got a message some people aren't paying for their witchers okay some people have the audacity to not pay their monster hunters it's despicable it's deplorable it's terrible toss a coin to your freaking witcher get them paid they're dying like, they're falling like flies. They're dying like flies here. Hey, Garrett's like one of the only witchers left on the planet because they can't freaking figure out how to create more because they don't have the trials of the grass anymore because they don't have the vials. Hey, uh, they need help. Toss them a coin, please, and thank you. Pause the music. I just saw the majority of the Witcher TV show. I didn't get to see the, uh, the final episode. I'm on the final episode. I've been binging it for the last couple of days. I saw... Saw the new episode of Demon Slayer. Awesome. Love that TV show. A lot of, like, anime purists are like, y you can't be a an anime fan if you like Gundam and Dragon Ball Z and Demon Slayer and, it's, and Naruto. And it's just like, bro, that's like being, you know, that's like saying you don't like, um, you, you can't be a rock fan if you don't like Nirvana and the Beatles and Metallica and, you know, uh, Foo Fighters and, you know, like, who else is, like, a rock band, you know? I pretty much hit all the popular ones. You can't be a rock band. You can't be a rock fan if you like those, um, 
those uh, those bands and it's just like what like they're the they're your most popular bands it's just like what do you mean it's just like of course normal people aren't going to be as you know in depth with regardless i hate it whenever anime people are like you can't be a fan of demon slayer because it's a popular anime and it's just like the reason why it's popular is because it's good has anyone ever said that nirvana oh my god it's a popular grunge band oh my god you can't like nirvana because you, you you're not a grunge fan because Nirvana's popular that's the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my entire life sorry i'm pausing my music pause the music i don't even know what i like i was like the so the title track not the title track the song that i was playing was toss a coin to your witcher and somehow i ended up talking about anime because i was talking about demon slayer um witcher season two better than season one in my opinion great season awesome season there's love there's betrayal there's siri there's Geralt. there's yennefer oh my god it's just so much good the action sequences they got better they got better. There's like a couple of really, really awesome action scenes with Geralt. Henry Cavill does a great job. There's one at the end of episode eight, or not episode eight, episode seven. That's just like, I mean, it's just fantastic. Geralt, I haven't, I haven't seen episode nine or eight. There's only eight seasons or eight episodes in every single season. I have not seen the eighth episode yet. Saw the seventh. Great episode. Have not seen the rest of season eight. I not season eight. Um, the eighth episode. Excuse me. Oh my god. We'll talk about the Bucks here in a couple of minutes. This is a five minute intro. I'm pausing my music. Let's get this done. Anyways, turn it down just a little bit. Hate to cut off Yas here, but I got to. Great podcast coming up. Toss a coin to your Witcher, please and thank you. Uh, we'll get into the Cowboys versus the Giants. Saw that one. Uh, Green Bay versus the Ravens. Hey, referees, pull your head out of your freaking butts and get out of the freaking way of the players. Please and thank you. And um, we're going to finish off with talking about Tampa Bay. These are the three games that I saw. And also, by the way, we're going to cover all the other games that happened today and yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, great podcast coming up for you right here tonight. say this it was worth the wait to see season two season two of the witcher like should i cover every single game i won't cover the colts versus did i say i was going to cover the colts versus the uh the patriots yeah i think i did but at the exact same time i may want to save that for tuesday because i didn't have like multiple podcasts here today we'll have another one tomorrow covering monday night football vikings versus bears we'll watch two non-playoff teams play football and all of that good stuff and then tuesday we'll kind of have a recap and i'll give you some pretty heavy notes here okay so let's start off with this and this will kind of be like a mini little episode usually i just want recaps to be squarely about the games and i don't really want to draw too many significant conclusions here but um, I'll have some conclusions and I'll have some final thoughts. Let's get into this, okay? First thought is, 
not even first thought. This is just a mantra, a philosophy that I have. If you're an NFL team, you need to win in November and December. It's just that simple. To be a playoff team in the NFL, you have to win in November and December. Doesn't matter how it gets done. Doesn't matter when it gets done. Doesn't doesn't matter against who it gets done. You have to win football games in November and December, okay? Now, two teams that really, really did a great job today in winning. No matter when, where, why, especially on the the road and in a way was was and were the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. First and foremost, let me start off with Green Bay. Okay? So everybody's going to be like, "Well, how are the Green how did how did the Cowboys impress you?" Well, we'll get into that. But first, let's talk about Green Bay. Okay? So, officials were terrible. Let's just get that out of the way. Officials were garbage. I I have complained about the officials for 2 years, okay? I'm done complaining about the officials. Most if not all of them should be fired. Most if not all of them are useless. Most if not all of them um, are costing teams play, uh, not playoffs, excuse me, uh, games. Like there are certain teams that have lost based upon the officiating this year, which is like the worst thing that could potentially ever happen for this sport. Officials causing teams games. There's just no debate about it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Second of all, okay. Green Bay versus the Ravens. That game, terrible officiating. Let's handshake that. Second of all, Green Bay did a great job at closing out the game even after almost conceding a 14-point <clears throat> excuse me, um almost conceding a 14-point lead against the Baltimore Ravens and also, you know, let's freaking give a congratulations to also the, you know, the Ravens for playing such a great game. I freaking despise the two-point conversions. Okay, if you don't know what I what I'm talking about here, it's been like two weeks straight that the Ravens have essentially cost themselves the game by going for it on um uh like as the final play of the game on a two-point conversion. Now, if you know me, if you know 24, I freaking hate ties. I hate ties. I always say this: I would rather lose than tie. Okay. And <clears throat> if you you know if you don't score in overtime, you lose. And some people are like, well, I don't like not going for the win. And it's just like, you have, you have, can you hear this? No, you can't. I put my watch up to the microphone. You can't hear it. You ha- And I was about to say, you have time in reference to my watch. You have time. You have time to make a play. Okay. Don't go for the two. Don't go for the win. Go for the higher completion play. Go for... The smart play, okay? You'll have much more time to win. You'll have a better opportunity to do it. And I get last week going for it because, you know, your team doesn't really have some of the DBs. You don't really know what's going to happen. <clears throat> you don't really know, but you've prepared. You had a week for Green Bay. You you are prepared. You may not love the guys that you are, are sending out on the football field to play against Aaron Rodgers. Your team has played very well. Just have faith. Just have faith. And I felt that they should have kicked the field goal, sent it into overtime. You know, they had played really, really great in the fourth quarter. Just say, hey, guys, listen, we're going to go into the fourth quarter. Regardless of who wins the coin toss, we're going to stop them or we're going to score on this first drive. And then we're going to go home and we're going to have some damn, you know, we're going to drink a cold one, you know. Just say that and do that. I have not liked John Harbaugh going for it multiple times. <clears throat> for two-point conversions and things of that nature. 
in these games. I don't like him at all. I don't like it. Okay? I don't like it. But a lot of people, I saw the NBC halftime show and they were talking about it and then they were like, yeah, we like it. Let's see how much you like it. Let me show you something here. This is why, okay, you don't lose games in December. Let me show you something. For everybody that's like, I like John Harbaugh going for it on second down. Not on second down. I like him going for the two-point conversion. The Ravens are eight and five. They had an opportunity to go into overtime and potentially win the game in overtime. Let me show you something. Browns are seven and six. Bengals are seven and six. Pittsburgh seven and six. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. This is why you should win games in December and November. You play if you're the Brown, if you're the Ravens. You you you. Sorry about that. Started to bang on my desk. I should bang on my opposite desk. Sorry. Let me get back to the rant. If you're the Ravens, you just lost to the freaking Browns last week. You gave up your divisional lead. Congratulations, okay? You've now split the division with the Ravens. Or excuse me, with the Browns. You lost to the Steelers the week before that, okay? Now you just lost to the Packers, okay? 31-30, okay? Now... Do you know what happens? Do you know what you just did? You are now one game above the Browns and the Steelers and the Bengals, Bengals, excuse me, and check this out. You play up against the Bengals next week. You play up against the, the, uh, the Rams the week after that. And then you go back home and you play up against the Steelers in the final week of the season, potentially for your division and for a playoff spot. You're one game above the division, and you're about to enter into a really, really difficult stretch. That's why I'm a little bit irked, pissed off, not happy right now. And that's why I roll my freaking eyes at people who are like, that was a smart decision to go for it on two points, on the second, um, on the freaking, um, what's it called? On the, um... Uh, that, that's why I didn't like going for two points. Everybody constantly says, every coach will say, the game did not come down to one play. And yet they put the game, like John Harbaugh in two consecutive weeks, has essentially put the game in the fate of one play. And that was the play. The two-point conversions. Kick the damn field goal and go win a football game. Not win it, but tie it up, go into overtime, kill the, uh, the Packers. You had all of the momentum. All of it. They conceded 14 points. Their defense was on the freaking just... Their defense was struggling. The defense was reeling. And you didn't close out. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why you didn't close out? Because you put the whole game on one play. And that's all they needed to do. That's all they needed to do. All they needed to do was wake, was make one play. One stop. It's a coin flip, ladies and gentlemen. It either goes the way of the Packers or your way, or if the refs interfere, which they won't, they won't interfere on that play. But even if they do, it's just like it's a retry. But you either make the play or you don't. It's a coin flip. It's why people don't like to put the game on one play. And that's exactly what the Baltimore Ravens did. I have absolutely no sympathy for them. Even despite the 
terrible officiating by the officials. I have no sympathy for them. Baltimore, you need to get your act together. Stop going for two-point conversions. It's like the Chargers, man. Oh, yeah, we're the Chargers, and we're going to go for two-point conversions on every single play. Why? Why? Just hit the field goal, man. It's Thursday night football. Just hit the field goal. Just hit it. Go home. You're, it's 28. This goes all the way back to the Chargers and the Chiefs. 28-34, to 34, final in overtime. You hit one of those field goals that you desperately didn't want to hit indoors, by the way. And you go home with the division. And now it's just like, let me show you something. Now it's just like the Chargers. You're eight and six. Bills are eight and six, right? The Dolphins, they just won today. They've won a lot of games. They've won six straight. Dolphins are seven and seven. Broncos are seven and seven. Raiders are six and seven. Ravens are eight and six. Browns are seven and six. Steelers are seven and six. The Bengals, they won today. Oh, excuse me. I just got the update for the Bengals. I apologize. Excuse me. The Ra- the Raider, the Ravens aren't even the one seed anymore. It's the Bengals. They're eight and six, but they probably beat the Ravens once, and now they're about to beat them twice, and now you're eight and six. Second seed in your division. Are you kidding me? I have no, like, I, I mean, I mean, people don't understand the consequence of not winning games here in December. Do everything in your power to win. And some people may say, well, 24 going for the two points wins. And I just told you why that's not the case. Because you're putting the game in one play. Instead of giving your offense more opportunities to win, you essentially went out and essentially said, I'm going to do a coin flip. Really? Like, usually teams get 60, 70 plays. You put the entire game on one play. When on average, you get 60, 70 plays. What? Oh, man. I just, I don't understand it. I don't, I really don't. I really don't understand it. I really, really don't. Congratulations to the Packers. They held strong. They held firm. They held fast. They held fast. They bent. They bent. They bent. Doesn't matter that they almost that they almost got beaten by a backup quarterback. I'm consistent on this. Some people are gonna go in and be like, "What's wrong with the Packers tomorrow?" I'm like, "It's December football. You're not gonna get close games anymore, or excuse me, blowouts anymore." Some people are gonna be like, "I don't like the win." They almost lost to a backup quarterback. I'm like, I don't care. It's an away game for the for the Packers. Playoff atmosphere. Ravens think that they're going to, you know, that maybe not that they're going to win, but Ravens played a, a really, really nice game. I don't care how you got it done, but they got it done, okay? The Packers did. 31-30. They beat the Ravens. Once again, it was a great win. Great job. They sealed the deal. They held strong. They held fast. Was it pretty? No, but it doesn't need to be pretty. And I say this all the time. You don't need to win a Super Bowl 30 to 10. You only need to win. Okay? And in this stretch, every single game is essentially a playoff game. Okay? So you just got to win. Let me take a swing before we continue. Let's go on to the um, to the Cowboys here. Because this is the game that people are going to essentially have a lot of flack for. 
Cowboys won it 21-6. People are going to complain about it. CeeDee Lamb had a bunch of a bunch of drops. Dak really had an average to good game. One of my most impressive victories of the weekend. For the exact same re- reason that the Packers beat the the Ravens. It wasn't a blow, it wasn't like a 30-point blowout for the Cowboys. They didn't score 30 points. They didn't get, you know, completely back to basics. But when you hear like the wind was a factor, when you hear that that you know Dallas is still having like continuity issues on the offensive line, injuries that are constantly being dealt with. CeeDee Lamb kept on dropping the pass and it was still a 15-point victory. I mean, by halftime it was 15 to 3. Like the game was over with at halftime. It didn't really matter. Dallas started to get a little bit loose, but Dallas was fine overall. They did what they needed to do to win. Dak and the Cow Dak had some really really nice throws. It was kind of a return to form a little bit for Dak, but it wasn't complete return to form. He'll probably be better next week when they go up against the um, the Washington football team because Washington's going to be on a very, very short week. It's going to be on Sunday night football at home against Washington. Apparently, they want to bring their own benches, which is fine, but it is what it is. Cowboys did a great job. Defense held fast. Giants wanted to run the football all doggone day long. Dallas was like, fine, we have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. They got some turnovers like they always do. They got some turnovers on downs and um, a forced fumble and I think two interceptions against Mike Glennon. It was an overall really, really awesome performance by Dallas in kind of a return to form for the offense that played complimentary football to the defense. And now it's kind of they got some nice plays in the running game. Dak got some really, really nice throws going on. They played really, really well for a team that um that everybody's kind of been talking down on and they've essentially secured their division they've gone up um 10 to 4 i believe with three games left and then to compound that um washington looks like crap and so do the eagles maybe not so do the eagles but washington specifically giants not giants Cowboys had a really, really nice game. We'll see what happens next. I don't know. I thought it was a nice win. I thought they did what they needed to do. Giants. Giants are a mess. Um, I don't know if they're going to move on from Daniel Jones. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know what to make of the Giants. The Giants are just an absolute, just, I mean, a sewage facility. I'm just utter, they just keep on producing utter garbage and crap. Just utter garbage, utter crap, just utter terrible games, things of that nature. And listen, man, some people aren't even going to attribute attribute this to be a great win, right, for the Cowboys. Some of their key players, some two of their defensive tackles were on COVID, Tyron Smith being out. There's a statistic that they don't win any football games, essentially, when he's out and they won against the Giants. You know, um, what else happened? CeeDee Lamb was dropping passes. Zeke had a couple of good runs, but really nothing substantial from him. Tony was back, and he ran hard and great and fast. And, you know, it was just one of those wins where you're just like, yeah, you need that win. It's a gutsy win. Your defense played fantastic. Gutsy win. Offense really took advantage of what the defense was giving them, except for that really, really bad turnover in the fourth quarter again. But um, gutsy win. 
great win. Again, by halftime, it was over with. Wasn't sexy, wasn't sleek, but that'll win you a lot of football games in the NFL. It just will. Four, four turnovers, one turnover, 15 points off of turnovers, essentially. Ball game. By the Cowboys, so. This uh, this drink of my delicious Mountain Blue Powerade goes to you, Cowboys. Mm. What do we got on deck? Let's let's address the big boy here. Upset of the year. Um, if you told me that this actually happened, I would have laughed in your face, and I would have said that's uh, that's not that's never going to happen. Arizona losing to Detroit. Common theme here. For Arizona, Arizona goes up against X team. Arizona loses to X team, right, in the last couple of weeks. Teams that they should beat. Oh, you know, the Rams are coming off of kind of a bad loss to, I forgot who they played up against two or three weeks ago, but Arizona fumbled it and they played very, very badly against Arizona on Monday Night Football, right? This week they go up against Detroit and they played terribly against Detroit, especially on defense. Then on offense, Kyler turned it over immediately after his defense turned it over, and 30-12 to 12 was the score. Folks, there's no there's no bad um, teams in the NFL. There's just only bad coaching and, um, and bad GMs. As I just watched Brady try to scramble for a run, and then he got strip-sacked, and then Marshawn Lattimore freaking um, picked up the ball. It's not good. This game that I'm watching Sunday Night Football is not uh it's not going well for the Bucks. It's 6 to 0. So they're very much in it. Chris Godwin got hurt, Leonard Fournette got hurt, Mike Evans got hurt, like a lot of their key players are hurt. And um they just cannot beat the Saints in the regular season. Like I've been watching this game and Tom Brady yikes, man. Like last week Tom Brady was my MVP. <laughs> like <laughs> like I was just like if you asked me last week I'm like 24, who's your MVP? I'm like, oh, it would have been Tom Brady. Then one of the Saints players. I mean, it's still close, man. And let's just be honest. It's still super, it's still close. But I mean, the Saints, they're filling themselves, especially on defense. Their offense since like essentially the first couple of quarters has essentially done nothing. So, I mean, it's still kind of close. But I mean, Tom only needs like one play. And then one of the... Just recently, one of the Saints players, like after he just fumbled the football forward, one of the Saints players got in his face, and I was like, mm-mm, that's not good. Tom's down a little bit. He did. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, going back to the Lions versus the Cardinals. Yeah, great job by the Lions today. I've always talked about it. I'm like, Dan Quinn's teams always play hard for him. They always try for him. They always try to play great for him. And there's times where, and I remember somebody, one of the um, – one of the Lions reporters said this or something like that. They said, you know, they play hard for him. The Washington, not Washington, the Detroit Lions, they play hard for Dan Quinn, but their team just isn't talented um, at all. They don't have any good f- football players, which is weird because everybody has good football players, but somehow, some way, Matt Patricia is just like, eh, we don't want good football players. I'm just like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's kind of what's been going on with the Lions. It's just like they have really, really awesome coaching. Or more specifically, they buy into the coaching and they try. Um, but they just don't have the players. They don't have the personnel. You know, 
to be able to consistently win games. And I know Jared Goff played well, and Jared Goff may have just bought himself another year or so. Um, make no mistake, Jared Goff is not very good whatsoever, but we'll see what happens. Even though he played great, this definitely does not excuse for the love of Christ the last, like, three months of Jared Goff as a Detroit Lion. Like, let's just, I want to keep that in perspective just because he had one great game does not excuse the last three months of him playing like ha absolute hogwash, okay? Okay, um, where do the Cardinals go from here? Well, there's a lot of different ways that we can kind of like boil this down and bog this down, but I'll just kind of say this, okay? Let me look up who the Cardinals play here next couple of weeks. So they play up against the Colts who they're red hot and then they go up against, on Christmas, by the way, and then they go up against the Cowboys. Here's the reality of the situation, okay? Colts, not Colts, Cardinals need to win the next two games to be the one seed, and they've conceded the one seed. Green Bay is the one seed. They just won. I believe Green Bay is like, what is it? They're like, what is it? What are, what are Green Bay? Hold on. Let me pull it up and sit down. Hold on. They're 11 and three, right? 11 and four. Mm, yep, 11 and three. Okay. 11 and three. That is Green Bay. Okay. Currently, they are your one seed. They beat the Ravens. Again, who cares by how much? What is going on with my chair? Oh, it's on my blanket. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry about that. Okay. They're the one seed. They've beaten Green Bay. And they will continue forward from where they are right now. Okay. As the Green Bay Packers <clears throat> have officially clenched their division. They're five games in front of the Vikings. They're the Vikings are toast. All right. Let me do this. Let me okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. So Green Bay has clinched their division. Cardinals have conceded the first the one seed. And now, depending on how yeah, I mean, they're they're tied with Dallas, the Cardinals are. And um, the Bucks, depending on how this game goes, it could be essentially it could essentially be a three-way tie for second place. I mean, depending on obviously how the games kind of depending on like schedules and stuff like that kind of depends on how the Bucks, the Cardinals and the Cowboys could all match up when it comes to seeding. What exactly are the Bucks who do they play in the next couple of weeks? Oh yeah, I mean, they should win out. Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Like, this is going to be their only loss, potentially, for the next three weeks. So, Saints need this win. We'll kind of see what happens here. But, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Cardinals. Specifically, you know, these last two weeks for Kyler have just been kind of rough. Is it last two or three weeks? Um, No, it's been the last two. It's been the Rams... Rams, they lost to the Rams 30 to 23, and then they just lost to the to the Lions 30 to goodness gracious, 30 to 12. Their defense is not really um not really playing that well. Then it's like you look at teams like the Panthers that beat them as well, 34 to 10, and then we all know that Green Bay beat them a couple of months ago in October. 24 to 21. It's just the Cardinals, they just defensively they need to get back to doing what they did earlier in the season and then offensively they need to bring some consistency how many times did Kyler get sacked again 
twice. Yeah. Good luck. You're going to need it if you are the um, the Arizona Cardinals because you guys lost royally today. Okay. Well, should we talk about what game really kind of stood out? Oh, yeah, Titans versus Steelers. Hey, Titans, um, maybe stop dancing on people's logos. Maybe just stop doing that. They did it against the Cowboys, and then they lost in the playoffs. Uh, not to the Cowboys. They just lost in the playoffs. I just like saying that they lost to the, in the playoffs. Um, What else happened to the freaking Steelers as well? Oh, yeah, um, they freaking, oh, not to the Steelers, but to the Titans. They danced on the Ravens logo, and then they lost to somebody in the playoffs as well, but then they did it in the regular season, and then the Ravens came back last year, and then they freaking destroyed them in Tennessee, and then they all came on the field, and then they danced on the Titans logo, and I didn't feel sorry for them then. I was actually rooting for Baltimore to win that game because of how annoying it is when the Titans dance on people's logos, and then they dance on the Pittsburgh Steelers logo pregame. I always love it when the Titans do it pregame. When none of the players are on the field, I love it when they do that because it just shows how freaking cowardice they are. But yes, they danced on the logo pregame. When none of the players were out there to freaking retaliate against the freaking uh, freaking Tennessee Titans. But that's okay because they freaking retaliated during the game. Why is Tennessee dancing on logos? Why is that their thing? Why? Why is that like, why do they do that constantly? That's like the dumbest thing you could possibly do in the NFL. Dance on people's logos. Disrespect the logo. Disrespect the... Especially for Pittsburgh. Are you kidding me? You just gave Ben Roethlisberger, and he didn't play great. Neither did Najee Harris. But I mean, Najee Harris had 1.5 yards per carry. That's terrible. Ben Roethlisberger was 16 of 25. He was fine. How are you going to dance on somebody's logo and then muck it up the way that you did during the game? 23 of 32 for Ryan Tannehill, 153 yards and one interception. And then your back pops off for 108 yards and 4.9 yards per carry. And all of your backs are running through Pittsburgh's defense and all that good stuff. And then for some freaking weird reason, you guys can't close out. Hey, Mike Vrabel, tell your freaking players to stop dancing on people's logos. Guys do way too much dancing, not enough winning. It's ironic because Juju did the same thing last year, got ridiculed for it. Freaking Tennessee was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do the same stuff that Juju Smith-Schuster did and be surprised when we get smoked. Stop dancing on people's logos. Everybody who's dancing on people's logos, stop doing it. You make yourself look like an utter, just ridiculous ass when you do it. Just play football. There's no need to dance on people's logos. Goodness gracious. I have no sympathy for the Titans. And I picked the Titans to win. I picked them to win. And I was just like, oh yeah, I don't feel sorry for them. I don't I, I'm happy that they lost. I'm happy that they, they deserve to lose. God. And it's against the AFC North. It's just like, you have two of the most 
vicious teams in the AFC North, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and you're just like, yeah, let's dance on their logos. First and foremost, what, like, what gives the Titans the gall to dance on somebody's logo when their organization hasn't done anything ever? Earl Campbell is not from Tennessee. I don't care that the organization moved from Tennessee to wherever they've moved it to. You're not Tennessee, okay? You're not the you're not the Houston Oilers. You are the Tennessee Titans. Earl Campbell is not a Tennessee Titan. He's from Houston, okay? Let's get that right. You don't own Earl Campbell. He's not a player that played for your team. He played for the Texans as far as I'm concerned because they actually have a football team in Houston. You stay in Houston, then you get the respect. You move to Tennessee, you get no respect. What have you done ever? You don't get Warren Moon. You don't get Earl Campbell. What have you done, Tennessee, ever to freaking have the gall to dance on somebody else's logo? Where are your Hall of Fame players? Where are your elite players that the NFL story can't be written by? And again, the Houston Texans, the Houston Oilers players like Warren Moon and Oral Campbell don't count because those players were from Houston. They belong in Houston. Nobody thinks of them as Tennessee Titans. I don't care if the team moved. It's absurd. I stink. None of you have done anything in Tennessee to deserve that freaking that 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 privilege not even a privilege but to deserve to deserve the ability to do something so disrespectful god that's so annoying the worst teams do the shittiest things just play just go out there and win how about that you guys have been sliding for the last couple of weeks let me pull up your record here they pull up the last couple of games. You lost to the Texans. You freaking lost to the Patriots. You freaking, I mean, congratulations. You beat the Rams and the Chiefs and the Bills. So you can beat good football teams. But for some weird reason, you want to fold like a banquet chair at the end of the night against the Steelers. And then you freaking lost to the Jets while you're over here. The worst team in the NFL Besides the Lions, you dance on people's logos. I mean, I I just, I am so annoyed by the Titans because they always freaking do this crap. They always do this. They always front run. They always are braggadocious. They always do this crap. And then they freaking always fail in the playoffs. They always do this. They did it to the Baltimore Ravens. They danced on the logo in 2019 when, uh, when Lamar had his MVP season. And then they got blown out by the Chiefs. In the AFC title game. They did it like a year later. They were like, we'll dance on the logo. Then, then they won the game. So they're like, cool, we'll we'll do it again in the playoffs. But they couldn't because the playoff game was in Tennessee. So then Lamar Jackson goes up to Tennessee in 2020. And he freaking dances on their logo when Marcus Peters picks off Ryan Tannehill. God, that makes me so irked. It makes me so pissed off. Win the damn game. Win it. Oh, my God. No excuse to lose to the Steelers. None. Whatsoever. I know the defense only conceded 19 points. But, oh, my God, dude. Win it. Win the game. I'm so annoyed when when they just don't win games. Anyways. That was just my obnoxious just freaking morning where I had to like 
after I came back from my from my grandfather's 90th birthday, I just had to check the score, and I was just like, why are the Titans losing to the Steelers? Why aren't they winning this game? Maybe not by a large margin, but why aren't they playing better, you know? I just didn't understand it. Then I'm like, oh, they. I saw the McAfee tweet, and I was like, oh, they're dancing on the Steelers logo. What? What a fucking joke the Titans are. Couple of weeks ago, they were the one seed in the conference. The one seed in the conference. Can you believe the one seed in the conference? Now it's just like, oh yeah, we're just gonna concede the one seed, and um, then we're just going to fucking, you know, just hang around and probably be a one and done team in the playoffs. They're one and done. <clears throat> Let me see it. Hold on. Let me check this out. Give me like two seconds. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see if I can't find it. I know Mac if he had it. Nobody else has it. Hold on. Oh yeah, here it is. Perfect. And it's just like they always they always do it. When the players aren't on the field. It's just like, listen, man, if you're going to do that shit, do it when the players are on the field. I just like, God, man. Oh, my God. What an absolute joke. They just do it when the players aren't on the field. Why? Why? Why is this the Titans thing? Why is this the thing that the Titans do? Yeah, like none of the Steelers players are over there because they've gone into the locker room. It's just like, oh God. That just irks me. This really pisses me off. Steelers couldn't get it done. Well, not Steelers, but the Titans just... Are just such imbeciles. Oh my god, dude. Just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, anyways. Tip of the cap to the to the Miami Dolphins for getting them. I, I'm, I'm off of the Titans. They're a joke. One and done. Joke. One and done. Joke! One and done joke. Tip of the cap. To the uh, Miami Dolphins, two games outside of first place in their division, one game outside of second place and potentially contending for the playoffs. Kind of a shock because I had them as kind of like a 10-win team and I mean they can still kind of do that, but I mean they got the Saints, they got the Titans, they got the Patriots, hard three weeks. I don't think they will. I mean listen man, two has, two has, been, two has been great for them. I gotta sneeze. Phew! Excuse me. Two has been great for them. He's done everything that they've asked. He hasn't, like, th this last week did not play well. But, like, when you look at his schedule, you're like, he's beaten he's beaten the Ravens. You know, he's lost to some teams as well, like the Dolphins and the Falcons. But, I mean, he's played really, really well down the stretch, okay? And he's done a great job. I mean, they beat the Patriots in the first game of the season, all right? He's done a great job. 
He's a rookie, or not a rookie, but he's a second-year player, and he has no support from his coach and from his GM, um, as evident by how often they're trying to trade him or trade for Deshaun Watson. And it's just one of those things that if they just wrap their arms around him, I think he could be an ultimately a better quarterback. I mean, they're, they've won six games straight. They've won six games straight. It's just like, guys, just this isn't hard. This is easy. Support your quarterback. Good things will happen. And they did. And he played one of his worst games ever. And they still won. Zach Wilson played one of his best games ever. Tua played one of his worst games ever. And they won. Dolphins, stop being so freaking pessimistic and support your quarterback. 34, excuse me, 24 to 31. Great win for uh, for the Dolphins. Great job. Um, Bengals versus Broncos. Another one of those close chippy games, 15 to 10. I get it. The Broncos didn't have Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully he's okay. Um, he got really, he got hurt really, really badly during that game. Had to be carted off, had to be sent to a hospital. Hopefully he's all right. Makes a full speedy recovery. Um, 15 to 10. I don't care. I don't care what the final score is, who has the dub, who has the win. Because again, as I said with the Ravens and how absolutely stupid it was for them to go for the two point conversion. Okay. Bengals are now leading their division based upon the schedule and their wins. They are leading the division. Okay? Okay? Instead of potentially the Ravens winning, going up 9-6, and six, they're tied for the division 8-6, eight 8-6. and six, eight and six. Lamar may not play next week because he has an ankle sprain. So now guess what? You may have to force him to play. Maybe not. We'll see. But now you're having to go up against Baltimore for the divisional crown while the Pittsburgh Steelers and the freaking Cleveland Browns are one game away from being in the playoffs as well. Do you honestly, like, it irks me to see this. It really does. It really does. It's like, guys, win your games. Most important wins are at this point in the season because the season's almost over with. The wins become less scarce, and if you start fumbling the bag, if you start sucking, guess what? You may be out of the playoffs. You may look back, if you're the Ravens, at that two consecutive games where you freaking went for it twice, you know, for the two-point conversion twice, and you failed twice, and you're just like, that was our season. Down to two plays. Because we could have went in overtime, and we didn't. At least in one of the games. Great win. They're now the divisional leaders. I don't think the I don't think the Bengals care that they won by five points. It's like, do you think that the Bengals are like, yeah, you know, we just didn't we just w- didn't win by thirty points, so we're disappointed with ourselves. They're just like, no, we we are leading our division right now. We don't care how by how many points. They're like, we don't care. We're winning. That's the thing that matters. Anyways, um, great win, Bengals. Great job. <clears throat> what else do I got for you? We'll talk about Patriots, Colts some other time. Panthers at Bills. Really not a lot to say here. The uh, The Bills took care of their, their business, especially after the continuous obnoxious behavior of the Bills where they, for some weird reason, would not handle their business. They would not take care of their business. Um, but now they, they are, and now, guess what? The Bills, they beat the tar out of the Panthers. Did Sam Darnold return? What a fitting return if he did. Oh, no, Cam played, I remember, because I did see Cam play. Yeah, he did play. He was bad. 
Like, but what else is new? Cam played. He was bad. What a surprise. Um, maybe, maybe he plays. And by him, I mean Sam Darnold. I'm not, I'm not really sure because Sam Darnold has been hurt for like, you know, for like forever. So it's just like, he could play, but he could also, I don't know. I don't even know if they want to roll with Sam. It kind of just depends on what they want to do and what they want to roll with, I guess. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, God, man. Like, to think that the Panthers, like, once upon a time were, like, seriously, like, playoff contenders. And now, where are they? They're bottom of their division. They're 5-9. and nine. They're, like, they are one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I always say this. I always, I always am, like, give a guy three years, you know? Give him three years, see what he can do for his football team. Just give him three years. And it's just like, I've, I'm about to see the third year for Matt Rule. And the third year is essentially going to entail this. Matt Rule is about to get, or not even get, but I mean, how, how does he not win games? That's the thing that bothers me. It's just like, the Saints right now are giving it have given it four quarters straight. And we'll talk about this once I'm done kind of recapping some of these other games. Or if the game ends, then I'll just recap. But it's just like, the Saints are giving it to the Bucks Nine different ways to Sunday. Right now. On Sunday. And it's just, they've sacked Tom Brady four times. And it's just like, it's not like the, um, the Bucks. Or not even the Bucks, excuse me, but the Panthers don't have good players. They have great players. They have great defensive players. They have Stephon Gilmore. They have, you know, C.J. Henderson. They have Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns. And it's just like, why aren't you guys playing better? I don't get it, you know? Panthers have played like crap. Like, Panthers are like one of the only teams that I've looked at, and I'm just like, if we were to put Dan Campbell on the Panthers, I think the Panthers would probably be a playoff contender. It's just like it's just my opinion. Like, I mean, honestly, like as this fun and the, the Lions have been really, really dysfunctional with Dan Campbell as a head coach. I'm like, where is the where is the structure? Where is the consistency for the Panthers? They consistently suck. So I guess if you're looking for consistency, that's where you'll find it. Just consistently being a bad football team. I don't get it. I don't get the hiring. I don't know why everybody told me Joe Brady is the next Sean McVay and he's an offensive genius. I don't get it. The The Lions today are 2-11-1 and they look like they have a brighter future than the 5-9 Panthers. With better players... Then the Lions. That doesn't make any sense. The Lions are winning 17% of their games. The Panthers are winning double that, and probably it'll be flipped by next year. Like what? Like what? Do you want to know why I say flipped? Because the Saints will get better because Sean Payton will find a quarterback. He'll either get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, or he'll draft a quarterback, and he'll figure it out. 
or the Falcons will get better. Maybe not with Arthur Smith. Maybe they'll fire him, whatever. It is obvious Matt Rule is one of the worst head coaches in the NFL, and I have no idea why people tried to sell me sauteed, not sauteed spinach, horse manure, and tell me that it's sauteed spinach. Try to piss in my cup of tea and call it lemonade. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And tell me where's the lie. Where am I lying? Is Matt Rule a top 10 coach in the NFL? He's not even the, he's, he's probably the worst coach in his division. Scratch top 10 coach in the NFL. That's being, that's, that comparison, we, we can't even use that comparison. He's not one of, he's not one of the best coaches in his division. Where's the lie? Tell me I'm lying. I just, I don't get it with this guy, man. How does he get so much leniency? Where's the consistency? Again, people said that he fixed Baylor. Baylor was a sexual freaking harassment and assault hellhole for for like three or four or five years. I could have gone in and freaking fixed the program by telling my players, hey morons, stop having have, stop harassing and assaulting girls. And then I could have also been like, hey, um, coaches, stop telling our players, our recruits, that there's prostitutes waiting for them if they go to Baylor. That's asinine. God. Like they act like Matt Rule freaking cured cancer while at Baylor, and all he did was essentially tell his players to stop being assholes. Or not even assholes, but terrible people. Hey guys, just don't be a terrible person. It's like giving an award for somebody doing the least amount of work. Possible. Just don't be a bad guy, guys. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm a little bit heated today. I'm just... People hyped me up. Or not hyped me up. People freaking hyped him up. And he's a joke. An absolute, unbelievable, unmitigated joke. And a disaster. Disaster. Okay? It irks me. It irks me. Sorry. Um. Anyways, uh, what else do I got before I, you know, before I'm done here with some of these other guys? Ba -ba 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 -ba. What else do I got? God, my throat is on fire because I've been yelling. <clears throat> Who else deserves just, uh, like, now, now I'm just, like, on the look for, who sucked today? Who sucked today? Who sucked today? I, I, I like some of these games. I'll, I'll, I'll get into the Bucks. Don't worry. I'll get into the Bucks, and I've been watching them suck for, like, the last three hours, and now I just got the update. Fournette's out. Mike Evans is out. Chris Godwin's out. Everybody's out. Okay. Um... What else? 
Oh, yeah. Texans at Jags. Oh, boy. You know, sometimes you just get lucky with these picks. Other times you don't. I literally just flipped a bottle cap on Friday, and I was just like, it's a coin flip. It's a toss-up between the Jags and the Texans. I was just like, I'm flipping a bottle cap. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to. I was going back and forth. I was actually leaning way more towards the Jags, thank God, than the Texans. But I was just like, I said it. I was like, I liked the way that David Culley has coached coached the Texans. Um, Initially, I'm wrong about David Culley. I'll be the first one to acknowledge that. I'll be wrong about, I'm wrong about David Culley for right now. I roasted the Texans for picking up David Culley. I was just like, never has been a head coach. Uh, Has not, like, has never been a head coach. Never has been a head coach. And I didn't like how he had been the worst coach at his position, position, excuse me, in the NFL. He was like, um, his. Uh, he was a wide receiver coach for Baltimore and the Baltimore Ravens had essentially had the worst wide receiving unit in the NFL, and it kind of looks like their wide receiving unit is better now that he's gone. Dude's won more games than Urban Meyer as a professional. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's, his team is 3-11 and after today's win against the um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are 2-12. and What do you want me to say? And he has a way worse roster. And I've always said this about Dan Campbell and Dan um, and David Culley. The thing that's impressed me is that they've both dealt with crap and their teams, and you can't exclusively look at records to evaluate a coach. Some people want to bring out the Bill Parcells, the overplayed Bill Parcells quote. Your record is what it says you are. And it's just like, well, let's watch the games and then let's see how bad people have played. Because again, I like I like the Lions way more than I like the freaking... Um, Panthers and the Lions are two eleven and one, and the Panthers are five and nine. Panthers have more better uh, have better players than the Lions. Period. End of discussion. Discussion. Excuse me. Check with me next time next year or this time next year when I think the Lions will probably win like five or six games, and the Panthers will probably suck, and then they'll probably fire Matt Rule as well. Like after next year, I'm like, if Matt Rule and the Panthers aren't a playoff team next year, fire him. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He's terrible. Fired his OC in the. I don't. I was about like I was talking about the freaking Texans, and then it went back to the. I, I'm really, really upset with the Panthers right now. I'm really upset, and I'll continue the rant. If the Panthers don't win and go to the playoffs this time next year, fire, 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 Matt Rule. Fire, fire, fire. I'm being, like I'm so annoyed with Matt Rule and how much hype he's gotten, and how terrible he's been with the Panthers. So annoyed with Matt Rule. But yes, the Texans have impressed me. David Cawley has impressed me. Things are, listen, there's a process, and you're kind of in it if you're a Texans fan. There's a rebuild. You're in it right now. Maybe a holdout for Bryce Young. Maybe a get another awesome player next year or this in next year's draft. And then you wait for Bryce Young coming out of Alabama. I love how like Detroit's like, we're going to get Bryce Young. And I'm like, you do realize the Texans also need a quarterback and the Steelers need a quarterback and the Broncos need a quarterback, potentially the Raiders and also like the Browns. If Baker doesn't get extended, which I think he should not. Maybe the Colts as well. Cause Carson Wentz and the Colts are, the Colts are 
solely relying on Jonathan Taylor. Let's just keep it a stack. Let's just be honest. But congratulations to the Texans. Great win. Great win. Okay, I've covered almost every single game. Falcons versus 49ers happened the exact same way that you would think. Um, Falcons got destroyed by the Niners. Not really that big of a surprise because the Niners are kind of uh, trending upwards and the Falcons are one of the worst teams in the NFL. So, it's not that much of a surprise, but goodness gracious. Okay, I'm going to talk about this. Um, what is a surprise is how badly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing right now. And what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm done talking about the Niners and the Falcons. The Falcons got destroyed today, 31 to 13. Okay. What is a surprise is how bad the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing. It's 9 to 0. Tampa Bay has played really, really badly all game long. All game long, they have played like hot garbage, okay? And I've been surprised because Brady has been off all game. Like, all game. And he's even like, he jogged over. I just saw him. Brady just jogged over to the Saints' sideline, screamed something at the coaches, and then ran back to his sideline. I've never seen Brady this unhinged before in my entire life. Never. Never my entire life. And it's 9-0, so it's a two-possession game, right? You can't just hit the extra point. Or not the extra point, excuse me. But the um, you can't just hit the, uh, what's it called? The, um, the two-point conversion and then tie it. You have to score a touchdown, then score either a field goal or a touchdown to either tie it or win the game. Again, if you miss a field goal. Not a field goal, but an extra point. Regardless, you're down by two possessions. Regard, like, here's the thing, right? This is the whole philosophy on December games, okay? This is why I always say you got to win in December and November and why these games are so pivotal because now Tampa has essentially opened, instead of being in contention with Green Bay for the one seed in the conference, now they've kind of opened up the door for lower seeding because Dallas is one game behind them. Or excuse me, now they're going to be tied. They're going to be tied if Dallas wins next week. And again, Tampa will probably win out. They play up against Carolina twice and then the Jets. But I mean, Tampa's Tampa needs to win out to get 13 wins. And then if they lose again, Dallas has, an, uh, Dallas has a pretty easy schedule. They got two divisional games and then they got the, the Cardinals who are kind of sliding right now. Like Tampa needs this win. Tampa needs this win. All the Tampa Bay fans are starting to file out of the stadium. They just spent like three weeks, or not three weeks, but like three hours just like freaking watching Tampa suck. I feel bad for them. Loved, loved Tom Brady. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They're doing promo for Sunday Night Football next week. Cowboys at Washington. Hold on. Hold on. 
Hold on. Is Christmas on Sunday? No, it's it's exactly what I thought. It's on Saturday. Sorry about that. Um. Anyways, Tampa Bay has played like he's gonna smash the surface tablet like Belichick. Yep. Oh my God, Brady broke the tablet. Oh my God, Brady slammed it. Brady, first and foremost, yeah, he threw away the surface tablet. He broke it. He slammed it into the table as he should break it. Worst tablet you can buy. Worst tablet you can buy. Brady got the tablet, looked at it, slammed it on the ground, and then he threw it back. He's just like, I don't need this crap. Yep. Let's do it behind the quarterback. He's just like, I get it, Tom. I get it. Hold on. All right. Anyways, um, yeah, you know, congratulations to the Saints. By the way, I just got to say this. I'm pretty consistent on things. I try not to flip-flop. I try not to, you know, be too down. I'm just, I'm kind of surprised on how badly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing, especially Brady, who just... He does not seem good at all tonight, and I think the Bucks just committed another penalty into running into the kicker. Yep, just saw it. So the Saints will get another possession. But um, the Saints are have a really really nice defense. They have a really really great defense. Marshawn Lattimore, Cam uh, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Tomorrow Davis. They have a really really awesome unit. And I said that three weeks ago when they played up against the Cowboys. I was like, yeah, like the Cowboys, everybody was complaining about, oh, the Cowboys, they didn't play very well. And then it's just like, oh, they have one of the best units in the in the NFL defensively. I'm very consistent. It's not, it's not you know, how you win. It's if you get the win. Yeah. Um, am I worried about Tampa? And I guess a better question to ask is, do I think Green Bay is the true one contender the one seed in the um, in the conference. No, I don't. I don't think they are. Um, I don't think they are. I think Tampa just had a bad game. Sucks that it happened this late in the season. I'll, I'll always say this. I think. I mean, I think if the Cowboys get right, they can beat the crap out of the 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 uh, the Packers. I think this was an anomaly tonight for the um, for the Bucks. I think that was an anomaly tonight for the uh, for the Cardinals as well. I don't think these two teams are going to lose to the Lions and to the Saints in the playoffs because they're not going to play up against those teams in the playoffs because they're non-playoff teams. Like I don't think the Bucks and the um, and the freaking Cardinals are essentially the Panthers. Just this team that's essentially that has more wins than they really should. I don't think they're the Panthers. I think they're two contenders, two Super Bowl contenders, but you know, bad nights for both of them. Brady was all over the place. All over the place, bro. Gronk had a lot of drops as well. I've never seen Rob Gronkowski drop more passes tonight than I've seen ever in my entire life. Never seen him drop that many passes. And the Saints, they just swept the Bucks. They just swept them. Swept them. They beat them in New Orleans, and now they're going to beat them again in Tampa. 
swapped him. Like, you know, this stuff happens. Shouldn't happen in December. Don't think I'm defending Tom Brady and the Saints in December. But yeah, like, this stuff unfortunately happens and, you know, it really, really should not in this time of the month. Or not this time of the month, but this time of the year. But hey, you know, they're going to go up against three teams that they should win. If they don't win these games, then that's that's a problem. That's a problem. If It's like if they don't beat the, the Panthers twice, and then if they don't beat the, um, the Jets once, then yeah, we got a problem. Because now it's like Dallas probably wins. They're one game ahead of you. They're now the two seed. And then they, they're like definitively the two seed if they beat the Cardinals. And then if Green Bay slips, which I doubt it because Green Bay still has like, who do they play up against? Oh, they play up against the Browns, the Vikings, and the Lions. So they could lose against the Browns depending on if the Browns get back Nick Chubb, but we'll see. Uh, and Kareem Hunt. We'll see. We'll see. The Browns have kind of been ravaged by COVID. Oh, yeah, and they play up against the um, the Raiders tomorrow as well. So we'll kind of see what happens. But yeah, like, watch out for the Packers losing. Not the Packers losing, the uh, the Bucks in the next couple of weeks, among other football teams, to make a play at the playoffs. Okay, any other games? Any other games? Uh, I thought one more game. Do I have one more game? Or did I cover every single game? Let's kind of go fast. I'm trying to go fast. Uh, we got four games within the next two days. Like, I'm debating on whether or not I should end the podcast here. Let's talk about the Patriots and the Colts here. Simply put, Mac Jones' worst game. And, you know, against one of the most active turnover defenses in the NFL. Against, you know, some of the best defensive players in the NFL. Not a bad loss. A lot of people have been waiting for a loss like it where Mac Jones essentially does nothing for the majority of the game. But it's fine. It was a fine game. It was a fine loss. You know... The only problem is the same concept with Tampa versus the Bucks and losing tonight, Arizona versus the Lions, Ravens losing to the Packers, and the um, and the Cowboys winning tonight, right? All these teams, the margin of error gets very, very slim. And the Patriots, they have the one seed, which means that they have the bye week, which means that they can potentially go on and be perfectly fine you know, in the next couple of weeks because the Patriots, they don't, you know, they don't have to play in the first round of the playoffs and they're one of the only teams that does. So if you're the Patriots, it's very important to win these last couple of games, especially when you don't have 10 wins. Oh, excuse me. They aren't the one seed in the playoffs anymore. That's the Chiefs because they lost. Excuse me. Let me correct myself. So once again, it gets reinforced how important Winning in December is because the Chiefs are the only for, are the only team, excuse me, in the NFL or excuse me, in the AFC with ten wins. Again, win your games in December and November. Most important time of the year to win football games, and way too many teams were like, 
yeah, we decide to um to lose games, bro. So it's like, no, this isn't how the league works. You want to go to the playoffs? You want to play in the playoffs? You want to win playoff games? Got to freaking win in the regular season. And especially in December. It just gets reinforced constantly. And the Colts are one game behind the Patriots. The Patriots probably have an easy record or an easy schedule. No, they don't because they go up against the Bills. Again, it's the Bills in New England, by the way. So we'll see about that. The Jags. And then they go up against the Dolphins who are on like a seven win streak. Seven game win streak. Win your games. Win your games. Anyways, um, I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll see you like tomorrow for Monday Night Football. I was like, do I, am I going to see you tomorrow? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. And we'll talk about Monday Night Football. We'll recap Monday Night Football very, very similarly to how we recapped um the games tonight. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you later. See you tomorrow. It's a 24th podcast.